welcome to the Sourced Week in Review. Well, it's actually a week and a bit in review because it's yes. a Monday edition. My name is Michael Crutcher and Jordan McDonald, it's great to have you back, Jordan. We were both away last week, so we're doing the Week in Review Monday. We'll do it again this Friday as yes. well, but in obviously a, a really big week for you. We mentioned with uh, Stephen Green on the podcast week before that you're away, you'd, um, you'd lost your, your beloved mum and you farewelled her last week, so it's great to have you back. Yes, no, it was good to, it's good to be back now at work. It's been a funny old month um, between, uh, you know, hospital and all the rest and then farewelling her. So, um, yeah, some really nice messages came through for our family, so thank you very much to everyone who sent messages. But, uh, yeah, now it's back to work. Well, great to have you back. And as I said, a Monday edition, so a week and a bit in review. And, of course, the big topic from last week, which you won't do too much on because there's been so much of it done, was about the Optus crash. So it's been a few days now since that crash sends millions of people into panic because they couldn't get any connection anywhere for a long time. Mm-hmm. I just thought I had friends being rude and not responding text but uh, uh, it was a mess for Optus Uh, Melbourne's trains temporarily shut down I was in Melbourne last week and the train network came to a halt businesses couldn't operate Um, there were a whole bunch of different things which media's covered a lot but you think and we talk here about communications on this podcast com strategy and audience engagement really you think this was a key time for Optus to engage with its audiences most importantly its customers and it's had some practice too at crisis comms had last year's cyber attack which of course had some problems but the practice didn't make perfect because optus's response has been heavily criticized so not just the shutdown but the response the federal communications minister had a press conference pleading with optus to give more information the telecommunications ombudsman said they heard about it all from the media i didn't know that it had happened so it again proves one thing, how much we really rely on being connected. When it's taken away, it completely changes our lives. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Optus CEO, Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin uh, or Rosmarin, did say she was sorry. She did. She said, she I'm did sorry. She did say that. Yep. But Optus is talking about offering its customers an additional data, additional data at no cost for the inconvenience of not operating for up to 11 hours. Oh, how much data do you need for that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, a lot. A lot. But the interesting part will be whether the, the CEO keeps her job and how much this may impact Optus's bottom line after a really challenging year. Yeah, and the figures probably weren't record figures the last time Optus reported its results. Uh, the CEO's under the pump. So... And I guess that bottom line, if you're an Optus customer and I'm not an Optus customer. No, neither am I. So I'm sure if it is, you'd be, you were, you'd mm. be not very happy about it. Also, maybe you walk and we'll see what happens with that, but yeah. not a great response from Optus despite their practice with it. And of course, Google was a very um, big asset for people trying to find out about Optus last week if they could connect. This is the next topic today. A very interesting story in today's financial review. Monday's paper, that is, given we're doing the week and a bit in review. Yep. That story looked at documents from the US that showed that Google had plans a couple of years ago to shut off its search engine to Australian audiences. So these documents have now been adjusted. You can't see these now, but 
fortunately, some journalists in the US has archived these documents, so long may they live, Excellent. which is great. The documents were released as part of the US Justice Department's lawsuit against Google, which is currently underway in the US. The Australian mention goes back to late 2020 when Google was fighting the federal government's plans. And we discussed this uh, several times on this podcast about the commercial deals that Google and others were forced to make with Australian media outlets for including them in search results Mm -hmm. or using their content in some way. So these emails that came out in recent days showed that Google had drawn up plans for how a Google-less Australia would look (laughs) including a page on the website that says search isn't available in Australia right now due to a new law. Google search isn't available, but we hope to be back soon. Now we know that interesting. Yeah. And we know that Google didn't shut down in Australia because Google eventually did do about $200 million worth of deals with local media outlets that needed the money very, very much. Of course. Yes. Now it's interesting again now because these deals are up for renewal next year and Google won't be looking forward to paying them. Uh, Already Facebook has been active in Canada where similar laws are in place and blocked all news items from its feed in that country, the Facebook feed. And we've discussed this before in the podcast. Unfortunately for the news outlets, it didn't impact Facebook's traffic one bit. So Australian media outlets will be very much interested in this news from Google because they rely heavily on money from these commercial deals. The most insightful data that we've uh, seen on Australian news subscriptions shows the market is very flat for subs and that some major mastheads have actually lost subscribers in the last 12 yes. months. Yeah, definitely. And this isn't the time to be losing subscribers because the revenue opportunities for media outlets aren't exactly growing in Australia or some other countries. And this just puts more emphasis on the emergence of generative AI and the need for media outlets to try and get a payday out of them. Oh, yeah, those, definitely. Those deals work on a similar principle in that media outlets argue that AI rips off their work to produce the AI content. Mm. We've already seen a lot of discussion around this as media outlets eye a new bounty and one that some of them desperately need to pay for their expenses. Yeah, I think that's going to be really critical for the short-term future of some of these news outlets, what comes from that. But this uh, seeing Google doesn't like paying it, nor, nor does Facebook. So that's just a very interesting development. Now, we shouldn't say that all news outlets are struggling with subscribers because there was a very interesting piece from the Axios news outlet last week about one organisation that's been going okay, that's Bloomberg, the business news outlet based in the US. Mm -hmm. Now, Bloomberg announced it now has over half a million subscribers, okay, half a million, and many of those subscribers are paying US $35 a month. That's a fair fork out. That'll help you out. Yeah, that'll get you half a million of those. That'll help pay for your journalists and pay for your office rent and a few of those things. Yeah. Now, Bloomberg claims to have 60% of their subscribers in the US and the rest internationally, which gives it confidence that it continue to grow. Okay. And it says it'll hit 1 million subscribers um, quick, more quickly than it hit the half a million. Okay. So that shows that there's money in organisations that target niche news People are more likely and they have shown they're willing to pay for niche news that they can't get elsewhere. The difficult position is for news outlets to try to be everything to everyone. Mm. Subscribers don't see the same value on that because news is available for free in so many places. Well, yeah, we saw that with the Optus crash last week. 
um, it's, a, it's a perfect example of that. Anyone looking for news on that Optus crash and if you could get a connection. Yes, if you could get connected. <laughs> didn't need to pay for it because it was so readily available for free. That's it. You didn't have to pay for that. So in terms of trying to work out what are people going to pay for, well, yes, they aren't going to pay for the Optus news because the ABC, news.com.au, so many other outlets yeah. will give you that for free. Uh, but if you want to break down as Bloomberg does into – you know, really serious sort of business news and so forth. Well, you probably can't get that on the ABC website or news.com. So if it's important to you, you'll have to pay for it. And obviously that's uh, been part of Bloomberg's success. Now, one thing we haven't done for a while, Jordan, is talk about the actor's strike because we've spoken about the writer's strike uh, coming to an end, but we haven't got around to updating on what's happening with this actor's strike, which is, of course course issues for all of our streaming consumption oh it has it's been chaos but hollywood is busting again because the actor strike seems to have finally come to an end after six long months and well, they would be long months, hey? i know they were, it's probably long for hollywood but for me that went that went quick yeah yeah but um the strike was in conjunction with the writer strike obviously and that's caused a pretty significant slowdown in the industry it's left tv networks and streamers running pretty low on that original scripted programming and, and even though the writers have been back for a month as we yep. spoke about and actors are now resuming work we shouldn't really expect an immediate resurgence of content to TVs just yet. There are a few hurdles to jump over here. So you've got to get the entire production teams back together. Yes. And that's not a single you know, snap of the fingers job. There's a shortage of available sound stages and crew members. Yep. Some moved on to more stable jobs during the strike. Um, it'll mean most TV series need to be around four or see, will need four to five weeks minimum to kick off production yes. again. Um, there's the other twists of, you know, the industry typically takes a break over December. Okay. So this year some of the producers might cut this short to catch up, but it's still a challenge getting everything up and running during a traditionally quiet time. And then... So, you so if you've got to do that then and you've got... No, not enough sound stages, mm. crew members. What gets priority? How does this worked out? So they'll look at finishing up those projects who are close to completion. Uh, sorry, completion. Yeah. So shows like for HBO, the True Detective, uh, which is uh, Night Country, have some finishing touches left. So those ones will go first. The other ones will be gearing up for reshoots if they're not quite at that stage. Yep. The broadcast networks which produce shows closer to their airtime, they are eager to put those shows back on yeah, track. Yeah, and we've quick. seen a lot the likes of uh, Yellowstone, yeah. which is being shown on commercial TV yeah. just to put some content in there, even though it's been on streaming for many years. Yeah, but there's another effect here, and even though the strikes ended, they reckon that we're going to not... So we're going to see shorter seasons. So yeah. where some of these seasons might have 22 episodes, they reckon maybe 8 to 13 episodes. Um, okay. And so, look, there's, there's a couple of – there's a mixed bag of sort of content at the moment. Some shows are ready and waiting to be released, but others are just going to be pushed back to yeah. the following year or the year after. So – it's uh, the, the industry is in recovery mode, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that to see what's coming out. Now, the Google search trends for the last seven days. Now, we like to sometimes look at these just to see what people have been searching in Australia, mm-hmm. given that Google's up and running and it hasn't shut itself down. But I really thought 
that the winner for the last seven days would be the Optus outage. That's what I just thought, given how many people it impacted. But then I thought, well, hang on, maybe they couldn't get connected, but that would people would still find a way. No, it wasn't the most searched trend, even though it had more than one million searches last Wednesday alone on Google, which is huge numbers. Oh, really? Yeah, for the ones that we talk about here. The winner last week and the winner easily was the Melbourne Cup. Of course, the race stops the nation. Yeah, it really got the search engines running across the various search items on Google, search terms used on Google. The Cup did 1.3 million searches on Monday last week. And then 300,000 plus on the day of the actual cup itself. So horse racing had a fairly solid week last week in Melbourne. I was down there. There were a lot of people around. I know that much. Um, We speak a lot about um, deaths of um, uh, actors, etc., or prominent people. The death of former Home and Away actor Johnny Ruffo from Cancer um, was a big one last week on Google. and apart from that, sport dominated the week. Cricket World Cup, still huge. Soccer seems to go pretty well. And uh, UFC was very big on the weekend as well. So um, there we go. That's what we've been searching now. We're in the office all week and then we'll be back doing this again on Friday. But we've already got a couple of things we're going to look at for Friday, which we just wanted to take a bit more time to look at. Yes. A couple of very fascinating little stories. So we'll do that and it'll be our... 100th week in review on Friday. Yeah, the 100th week in review. Yeah, so time goes fast. So we'll see you back then. Yeah, see you Friday.